One man has a talk show on 77 WABC, and that man's name is... It's Dominic Carter. I am him. And with us now, Dominic Carter. Nice to be with you, Dominic. It gets better. You need to talk to Dominic Carter. It's about to go down. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good Thursday morning. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. At some point, somebody, somebody has to worry about the economy. We cannot continue at this pace. The warning alarms are going off everywhere. The latest casualty. A high-end furniture store chain is closing, shutting down, including its store in Soho after some 16 years. The high-end furniture store named Mitchell Gold and Bob Williams has closed its large outpost at 210 Lafayette Street, an 11,000-square-foot space that opened in 2007, replacing a parking lot. And this company is a national one that got its uh, origins in North Carolina. So furniture stores, I'm talking about this, folks, because it's important. One of many topics we will deal with in this morning, and we'll get to uh, Mr. Trump in just a second. Furniture stores, especially high-end retailers like Mitchell Gold and Bob Williams have been struggling as people cut back on home improvement projects and big-ticket items. For example, Ethan Allen reported this month that in the quarter ending on June 30th, retail net sales fell 17.2%. Is anybody home? Is anybody in in power worried about the economy and the warning signs that are right in front of us? 1-800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. So citing weak sales, weak sales and trouble securing financing This is the latest retailer hurting from sluggish sales as consumers pull back on spending. Why should we be paying attention to this? Mitchell Gold's closure is yet another sign of consumer pause in discretionary spending. Sales at Home Depot and Target, for example, folks, have dropped in their most recent quarters. Best Buy said on Tuesday that it is lowering the high end of its forecast for fiscal year 2024 as it expects declining tech sales to hit a low this year before stabilizing. On migrants, the plot thickens, and I say good riddance, It makes you wonder, if you stop and think about this for a second, why the Adams administration didn't push harder for this a lot sooner. The Biden administration is suggesting, the Biden administration is suggesting 11 federal facilities, including two airports to house New York migrants. It makes one wonder, why did the city go at this alone and why not instead push the feds to to be more involved? Mayor Adams has been complaining. He spent uh, months, as you know, publicly criticizing the Biden administration for what he calls their unwillingness to help the city with the logistics and cost of caring for the migrants. Free, free, free. Hundreds are still arriving each week, and the city has set up over 200 makeshift shelters over the past 18 months from 
commercial hotels to office buildings and temporary tent structures at city and state-run facilities. As we all know, city officials have estimated the cost for the migrants could reach $12 billion over a three-year period ending in July 2025. So the Biden administration, the Biden administration has some suggestions as to where New York City can house some of these migrants who recently arrived. And one is a remote facility closer to Montreal than Manhattan. And I say good riddance, a tax office on Long Island and even in another state in Atlantic City International Airport. The sites are on a list of 11 federally owned facilities that the U.S. Department of Homeland Security officials apparently sent to Mayor Eric Adams this week as possible locations to relocate migrants. And uh, most of the sites are outside the city, and that is a wonderful thing, including Stewart International Airport located in the Hudson Valley, used uh, by some airlines, but primarily by private jet owners. The Atlantic City location, located in the state of New Jersey, one recommended site by the feds, Messina International Airport, 365 miles from the city in remote St. Lawrence County on New York's Canadian border. It serves as a U.S. Customs port of entry from Canada. This is something that should have happened yesterday, like as soon as this uh, migrant uh, problem started. This is something that should have happened, happened a long time ago. Folks, also this morning, former President Trump is a big focus of the show this morning on a number of fronts. Number one, New York Attorney General Letitia James says the former president, quote, grossly exaggerated his net worth by as much as $2.2 billion, with a B, in one year, according to the New York AG, and they've been battling for some time, Mr. Trump grossly exaggerated his net worth on financial disclosure forms for a decade, cooking the books by as much as $2.2 billion. This is the allegation in a single year. Now, the fresh claims came in documents in which James' office has asked a judge to rule on parts of her $250 million lawsuit against the ex-president, his company, the Trump Organization, and his children over alleged staggering fraud. Quote, staggering. And so, for example, according to New York Attorney General Letitia James, Trump's net worth in 2014 was placed at $5.77 billion on his disclosure form when reality, according to the Attorney General, it was actually $2.2 billion less or $3.55 billion, the filing claims. We'll see how that plays out. Story number two, as it relates to Mr. Trump, you may recall after that first debate, the Republican presidential candidates, I said Ramaswamy did a very good job. And I said I could see him as Trump's number two. Well, guess who's also saying that now? Former Vice President Donald Trump offering praise in an interview if he considered the 38-year-old biotech entrepreneur for vice president. This is the comment Mr. Trump made about Ramaswamy on Glenn Beck's radio show. Well, I think he's great. Look, anybody that said I'm the best uh, president in a generation, I don't know you'll have to define generation, but it's a long time. And uh, he said it a couple of times, and he said it in 100 years. So I have to like a guy like that. You know, I can't get up, upset with him. But he's a smart guy. Uh, he's a young guy. 
Uh, he's got a lot of talent. He's a very, very, uh, a very intelligent person. He's got good energy, and he he could be in some form of something. I tell you, I think he'd be very good. I think mm. he's very good. I think he's really distinguished himself. He's starting to get out there a little bit. He's a little bit getting a little bit controversial. I got to tell him be a little bit careful because <laughs> some things you have to, some things you have to hold in just a little bit, right? But yeah. he's, uh, he's got a lot of good energy. I will tell you, and he's he's. Uh, He's been very nice to me, and and you know most of them have, other than Christie. Don't forget, Christie left with an eight oh, yeah. percent approval rating. Oh yeah, it was horrible. He left, and he was tied up in Bridgegate the whole thing. Yeah. It was a mess. It was. He was a disaster. It, and so the uh, former president on Glenn Beck's uh, radio show. Also, Mr. Trump is online praising his own poll numbers and his decision to skip the first debate. Here is what he had to say. My poll numbers are up since the very boring, record-setting low, the ratings, that is. They were low ratings. Debate that everybody wanted me to do, and now they said it was brilliant that you didn't do it. Leading by big numbers, we are leading by numbers like nobody's led before. I made the right decision, and we broke all records with the Tucker Carlson interview. We had 261 million people watching, whereas the debate only had... 11 million people, that was a record low. So we had a record high and a record low. And it was a lot of fun. And congratulations to Tucker Carlson. Great job. Interesting. Now, we are about to start with your telephone calls. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. But something else, you just heard Mr. Trump reference Tucker uh, Carlson. Something else uh, I want you to listen to. And this is Tucker Carlson on the Citizen Free Press podcast. What do you think the future holds? Is it? I don't know. I mean, are they going to let Trump be president? No, of course. I mean, look, if, you know, they protested him, they called him names. He won anyway. They impeached him twice on ridiculous pretenses. They fabricated a lot about what happened on January 6th in order to impeach him again. It didn't work. He came back. Then they indicted him. It didn't work. He became more popular. Then they indicted him three more times. And every single time his popularity rose. So if you begin with criticism, then you go to protest, then you go to impeachment. Now you go to indictment and none of them work. What's next? I mean, you know, graph it out, man. We're speeding toward assassination, obviously. And no one will say that, but I don't I don't know how you can't reach that conclusion. You know what I mean? 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Dominic Carter here with you, Tucker Carlson, on the Citizen Free Press podcast continued. They have decided, permanent Washington, both parties have decided that there's something about Trump that's that's so threatening to them, they just can't have him. I mean, they're putting him on trial in March of next year in the J6 case, which basically consists of trying to send him to prison for the rest of his life for complaining about the last election. That's literally what it is. Again, if this were happening in Moldova, the State Department would issue an all-hands-on-deck order to let the world know this is not a legitimate government and yet our government is doing it it's like it it's it's really it's hard to overstate how bad this is and i'm not i i don't i don't know where it's going but there's a collision that's clearly imminent and by the way the president is senile in a way that's impossible to deny biden's not running the government you know so like i don't know i've never been this worried about anything as i am about where this is going Interesting. Let's uh, start with your telephone calls, folks. This morning, we are dealing with a lot. But as I started out, you know, somebody's got to worry about the economy somewhere here. High-end furniture store Mitchell Gold plus Bob Williams closing its doors. Uh, The outpost that it had at 210 Lafayette Street in Soho in Manhattan, an 11,000-square-foot space, it's gone. It's gone. And all signs point to the fact that too many stores are closing. The warning bells are going off. We're dealing with a number of Trump stories as well. And I haven't even gotten to the disrespect 
of uh, the lawlessness on the streets of New York in which an off-duty NYPD cop is shot during a road rage clash with a man and his brother that tried to grab his gun. Words were exchanged. They smashed out, according to police reports. The officer's uh, rear view uh, the, the the glass in the back of his vehicle. He identifies himself as a police officer, pulls out his gun, tries to wait for uh, for responding officers to come. They decide to jump him. The gun goes off twice. The cop is shot and also one of the uh, brothers. The things that go on in this city currently. Let's start with the telephone call, Stan in Rockland County. Good morning, Stan. What's on your mind? Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, something, you know, that's going on right now, it just it just really, really is bothering me. Uh, the Letitia James uh, lawsuit, um, basically, uh, regardless, let's say that Trump did inflate his income. The, the spirit of the law is totally being violated here. I want to know what harm to society was caused by his actions of um, inflating his tax returns with the uh, purpose of getting more funding. He is not in debt. He is not in default. He paid everything back or is in the process of paying everything back. There is no harm to society. Uh, you know, this is, I, I've never heard of anything like this. Usually people get caught and prosecuted when they default on loans that they shouldn't have gotten, you know, to begin with. But that's not the case here. Well, Stan, all, all I can tell you, I don't know the particulars uh, as it relates to this case, but but if if you, it's a major no no. So so I have to disagree with you, or or I should say I have to correct you. It's a major no no, and in fact, it's con- considered fraud. If you a serious fraud, if you overinflate the property, uh, the value of of your properties, and it's considered fraud because you're you're engaging in a financial matter in which you're saying that you qualify for X amount, but in reality you really don't because the value the value of the property is not as high as you are stating that it is. Does that change anything for you, or you still feel this is much much to do, much ado about nothing? All I'm saying is. I have never heard of anybody being prosecuted after the fact when there is no debt. Normally, I don't, I've never heard of banks going after people. They may put them on a blacklist, but I've never heard of anybody being prosecuted for this. I challenge somebody in, in your audience to call in and give examples. I think this may be a first. And, and to your point, that's what Mr. Trump has said, that he paid all these loans off. But the attorney general that he paid them off completely. Thank you for the call, Stan. But the attorney general uh, of New York, Letitia James, uh, no Trump ally. They've been going toe to toe. She's claiming different. We'll see how this all plays out. We will continue with your telephone calls right now. Let's go to Warren in Deposit, New York. Good morning, Warren. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you for taking my call. Now, as far as sending illegals up here, upstate where we are, you guys voted to have them down there. You voted to be a sanctuary city. You keep them right down there. Don't bring your problems and spread them out to everybody else. You guys made your bed. You guys got need to lay in it. Well, basically, Warren, that's almost the position of uh, New York Governor Kathy Hochul in terms of what she has had to say uh, about this. And I don't blame her. She has basically said she's not going to force uh, other municipalities, other governments throughout the state to take uh, migrants in. And so when you say we, that's the only thing I take exception with, Warren. We had nothing to do with this. This this came about uh, because of pandering politicians. But but I but I do hear you on your your point. Thank you so much uh, for the call. Let's uh, let's now thank you, Michael, and Deposit New York. Let's go to Tom on Long Island. Good morning, Tom. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Good morning. Good morning, Dominic. I'm a I'm a banker, and I make commercial loans against real estate. It's a federal law 
that the bank has to order the appraisal and the bank has to pay for the appraisal. So if Donald Trump applies for a loan tied to his real estate, he says it's worth $500 million, the bank still has to independently order an appraisal. If that appraisal comes in at $400 million, the bank is only going to lend against that value. So to say that he got loans based on what he overinflated his disclosure is pointless because the bank is required by law to do an independent appraisal. Now, his financial disclosure is just him giving a statement to whomever saying, I believe the value of my properties are X. Again, what's the harm? I think my house is worth a million dollars, but you know, maybe when it gets sold, it only sells for 900,000. But I, in good faith, thought it was worth a million dollars when you asked me, to, what's the value of my house? You know what, Tom? Fair, fair enough on that. But but we're talk. If you listen to the New York Attorney General, we're talking about two point two billion dollars in one year. That, according to uh, Letitia James, that Mr. Trump grossly exaggerated his net worth. But that's what she feels it's worth, not what he felt it's worth. Did she have it independently appraised? Or is that just her taking a pen and striking and saying, "I thought that property was only worth X." Fair enough. And so what What's you're telling me of her foundation, what, what you're telling me, Tom, bottom line here is that the onus is on the banks. Correct. The banks have to, by law, independently order an appraisal and they can only lend against their independent appraisal value. So he got no special treatment. If you have a problem with the value, then you have to go after the banks and the appraisal companies. Hmm. Well, I, I hear you, Tom, and you're, you're more of an expert on this issue than I am. We'll see how this plays out. Letitia James is going ahead with her uh, with her court action, and uh, Mr. Trump is continuing to maintain his uh, innoc- his innocence and his uh, company. Dominic Carter here with you folks, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let's go to Ed, Staten Island. Good morning, Ed. What's on your mind? In the late 80s, uh, the Trump business was on the verge of bankruptcy, and the banks were terrified that he would file for bankruptcy. So they gave him a $450,000 a month allowance for personal expenses. Okay, and what does that have to do with what Letitia James is alleging? Well, I mean, you know, clearly he was bankrupt, but the banks bailed him out. Hmm. I, I hear you, but, but she is alleging that he overstated his uh, his uh, net worth in one yeah. year alone, again, to the amount of uh, $2.2 billion. I believe it. I believe it. He's, he's a showman, you know. Mm, mm. Well, Ed, thank you for the call. Let's hey. go. Thank you, Ed, on Staten Island. We are taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800 9222. Let's go to uh, Tony in New Jersey. Good morning, Tony. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Uh, you're talking about military bases and putting migrants on Air, Air Force bases? That's crazy. Because uh, I go to Fort Dix, McGuire, Lakehurst for my medical prescriptions, and you need an ID to get on that base. Everywhere you go, you got to have an ID. But wait, but Tony, not, Tony, I said federal properties. I didn't say military bases. Property. No, they mentioned that before. I, I've heard it where they want to put Fort Dix as a uh, a prison. Not they have a prison there, but they want to uh, put the migrants at Fort Dix, and it's an active duty training uh, facility, and and the Air Force is there too, and, and uh, they have a lot of research going on at these bases. This is another idea done by Democrats. They don't think anything out. They don't have any idea what they're doing. And they're stupid. And they, you know, they, they keep on doing stupid things. And we got to get some Republicans in there that know what the hell they're doing because the Democrats are all off the wall. Well, their cle- ideas. Go ahead. Clearly, Go ahead. Tony, what, what we're doing now is not working. We can agree on that. I mean, look, look at the economy. Look, look, look at what I started out with, you know? This Mitchell Gold and Bob Williams are a furniture store. You know, we, things things are, are not looking good, Tony. They're not looking good. I appreciate your call, Tony, and you have a wonderful morning. Let's go to Michael in Manhattan. Good morning, Michael. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
Okay, uh, number one, Tish James announced before she, while she was running, that she was out to get Trump. This whole thing about the overinflation of the value um, of of the uh, property, the guy was absolutely correct. You're you totally wrong on it. Um, the the bank or whoever is lending the money is the final determiner. When I when when uh, friends of mine sold their apartment, they wanted to get two million dollars for it. An appraiser came in and said, "Hey, you, it's worth one point five. The real estate agent said, "Well, let's see. People paid one point five for it, so it's up to the appraiser. That's the uh, that's the thing. Um, as far as these migrants coming in, it's just disgusting. Uh, it, they're going to be in with children in public school. They have no vaccinations. Watch mumps, measles, diphtheria, all this crap come back because we're letting in this flotsam and jetsam uh, through through the uh, gates down in Texas. And Biden said to weld the gate doors open between what's happening with the subpoena of records of Air Force Two. I don't know if you heard this or not, but uh, Comer is subpoenaing the records of Air Force Two. He wants to see how many times Hunter Biden went on trips overseas on Air Force Two and what business he was conducting. And then in conclusion, I don't know if you know this guy, very smart guy, uh, Victor Davis Hanson, he said that the logic behind Joe Biden's schemes is he thought that after his vice presidency, Hillary or somebody else would be winning the next election. He didn't think he was going to be running. So he figured, OK, let me make hay while the sun shines. And let me get all this money in now. And I think that's a very astute analysis. Okay, I I, I, I hear you, but I'm I'm going way off from what the topic is. Before I take a a break, Michael, what do you think about these store closings that are happening all across the country? Well, the store closings, first of all, it's happening because the cities are in decline. People with money are moving out. And that is what's happening. So moving out, less money spent on refurbishing their apartments. They're saying, hey, you know what? My New York apartment is just fine. I don't really need to do the remodeling stuff, the new furniture. I'm going to be in South Carolina for six months and a day or in Florida somewhere six months and a day to avoid the uh, tax system here in the city. I'll put my money into my new uh, into my new living quarters. Hmm. That's what's happening. Hmm. Michael, I I appreciate your call. Thank you, folks. We are taking your telephone calls this morning. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Our lead story this morning, and I did it because of the fact of what's happening with the economy. And it's almost like this is an afterthought. But a high-end furniture store that had a location in New York, in Soho, Mitchell Gold and Bob Williams closing its doors after 16 years in business. And it points to the fact of what you just heard the caller say, people cutting back on home improvement projects and big ticket items. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to Edison, New Jersey, Queens, Orange County, and Brooklyn.
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. On Talk Radio 77 WABC. The economy is not looking that great, folks. We've got to deal with it. We can't just keep ignoring it. We can't keep looking the other way, hoping that things just just miraculously gets better, citing weak sales and trouble securing financing. One of the uh, latest high-end furniture chains is closing. It's closing. Mitchell Gold and Bob Williams uh, closing its doors after 16 years in operation located in New York City. They were around the country, but at 210 Lafayette Street, that's one of the stories we're dealing with. Another one, uh, the plot thickens on migrants. I say good riddance. The Biden administration, I don't know if this is a move to put the Adams administration in check, but the Biden administration is suggesting 11 federal facilities for migrants, including two airports to house them. We're dealing with that story. Also, the ongoing uh, battle between New York Attorney General Letitia James and former President Donald Trump, she is claiming in court papers that Mr. Trump grossly exaggerated his net worth by as much as $2.2 billion in one year. And folks, again, you may recall after the first Republican debate, I said that Ramaswamy, the guy looked good, and I said, but I could see Trump, I, I saw him as like Ramaswamy, as almost like on the Republican side, an Obama factor. And it's something that could help Trump. And sure enough, now Trump is praising Ramaswamy and is looking at him as a possible vice president on his ticket. We'll see what happens. Notice I said his ticket because at this point, uh, the Republican race, we'll see what happens, but it appears to be over. Benito, Miriam in Queens, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. First of all, I'll tell you, Dominic, I think you're terrific. You and Sid are my favorite in the radio, but that's not... Part of the problem with stores closing is the Amazon and the online shopping. That's why Lord & Taylor closed. That's why Toys R Us closed. That's why Barnes & Noble is struggling. So, so a lot of the, what you say is true, but I think that compounds the problem. You know, I, I agree with you, Miriam, uh, uh, because when you when you look at it, right... So imagine if you have the uh, responsibilities of a brick-and-mortar store and you've got to pay rent and and everything else, and then you have these stores online, uh, you know, and they're just pulling in more business and it's more of a, a marketplace. It's it's a tough it's a tough situation. But again, Dominic, I never shop online. I go to stores. I go. To, I love Bloomingdale's. I won't go to the moon unless they have a chain up there. I love shopping in stores. I love cashiers. I love giving money to people, not to uh, t- uh, automatic machines and stuff like that. I love in person, personal, and that's what I think is lacking and what's hurting our stores. Mm, interesting, Miriam. You made you made some very good points there. Thank you for your call, and you have a lovely morning. Let's go from Queens to Brooklyn. Let's say good morning to Audrey. Good morning, Audrey. What's on your mind? Good morning. I burnt my food waiting for you guys, but I agree with your last caller um, in regards to the mail. You know, um, oh gosh, I'm eating for the, uh, uh, the the online um, ordering stuff. I, something and similar to what she said. I can't call it because. I was trying to get my food from Bernie, but I agree with that. And then, anyway, this we got six other stores in Texas, so they didn't make it in New York because they wasn't good enough. I'm sorry, that's how I feel. How was okay. your day? Okay, but but wait a minute, Audrey. What about the jobs? What about the lost income to the coffers of New York City? 
Okay, 500 people were sworn to say, but the way they did it, I don't know if you're aware of it, they did not give them any fair warning. It was like abruptly, okay, 500 people lost their job, and just like that. So when the company does something like that to me, it's sort of grimy, and at least give them some type of notice. And like I said, they have six other stores. They won't, they won't be hungry. Mm, well, th- thank you. Thank you for the, uh, for the call, Audrey. Uh, I just think it's a bad sign of the economy, folks. Let's go to Robert in Suffolk County. Good morning, Robert. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, Dominic. Thank you. Did you hear Ramaswamy's comments about climate change? I know he's been uh, under fire for his comments on a number of issues, but go ahead. He's repeating claims that which are totally baseless. No, not a whisper of fact that climate change has caused thousands of deaths of people. There's no way to substantiate any of that. Climate change, to me, is a big I, I, I hear you. you. You don't like the issue of climate change, but that's not t- stopping Trump from considering him. Can you focus on that well, part, the fact that Trump is talking him up? I heard him. I heard it on the radio, and I don't think he's the right person to be okay. VP. Okay, and, and maybe, Robert, I hear you, and maybe at the end of the day, maybe he won't. We are taking your, maybe he will not be on the ticket, Ramaswamy. We are taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Mike in Brooklyn, good morning, Mike. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Uh, The reason why the stores are closing is a couple. One, you got the minimum wage just basically doubled and went up to $15 an hour. You got to pay for that. The price of fuel to deliver the equipment, uh, the everything, uh, Con Ed and the utilities and whatnot just went up another nine percent. How can you even stay in business with, uh, you know, with with all these fees hitting you? It, well, you're, you're right about that, Mike. And and if you're a clothing store, forget about it. Uh, in terms of if if you're a Macy's or a store like that, because these hoodlums think that they are entitled to just take your inventory, you know, and that's it with these smash and grabs. I was just looking at some video of uh, what happened out in uh, California, and some of the people that took part in that were just released the day before, according to officials, from custody. So if if they had been held in uh, custody, then perhaps we would not uh, be looking at some of these situations with these smash and grabs. But, Mike, you, you make some good points uh, uh, about what's going on for for business owners, how do we turn it around? How do we turn all this around, Mike? Are you everything with me? is uh, all your gas and everything. Uh, your, your fuel, the the gasoline, the, the price of oil has to come down. They got to reverse everything. That go back to what Trump had it. Trump had everything lined up. It was going good. Today's day and age, everything is twisted around. Uh, the cost of living has gone through the roof. Look at the price of bread and everything else. It's hmm. it's gone cuckoo for cocoa puffs. You can say that again. And if I can make a comment with the uh, with the migrants, go ahead. Okay, they're going to go put them in the school now. I mean, you know, when we had the COVID, the teachers were screaming, "No school, no school, no school." What about? I'm I'm not going to say these kids are diseased, but you're putting. There's no vaccinations, no checks, no nothing. Where's the where's the teachers union screaming? Hey, you put them in the school, we're not going to come in. Or or the custodians saying, hey, you put them in the school, we're not coming in either. You know, the unions and stuff got to start getting their you know acts together and fighting this. Right, I I hear you, Mike. Thank you, thank you for the call. Before I take a break. Let's go to Jacqueline in Brooklyn, hear what she has to say. Good morning, Jacqueline. Hey, Jacqueline, I want to remind you of something, okay? Are you with me? What's that? Yes, I'm here. What's that? Haters haters are always going to hate. Yes, and I I was (laughs) remiss. I forgot to give Taylor Swift credit for that one. So haters going to hate, hate, hate. (laughs) (laughs) What's on your mind this morning? Well, uh, I just want to correct. I think the lady's name is Miriam that called in when she was rattling off all those names of the businesses and corporations that have closed. And I want to correct her on one of those. 
Kids are us, toys are us, and babies are us. They put themselves out of business by being longtime proponents of abortion. So it came back to bite them in the derriere. Yeah, it seems like a lot of issues are coming back to bite these corporations these days. How do we turn it around? Well, I think, well, you know where I'm always coming from. I think we need President Trump to turn it around. And he turned the economy around when he had his four years. And I think we definitely need another four years of President Trump. And this ship will be righted. Well, I I think if we're being honest, Jacqueline, and looking at this situation, there's a lot of merit to what you just said as it relates to Trump. Oh, Dominic, how can you say that? Because look at the facts. Just look at the facts. Jacqueline, I thank you for the call, and I want you to have a a beautiful morning. Thank you. We have got to take a break. When we come back, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter, more of your telephone calls from Orange County to Bronx, Brooklyn, Edison, New Jersey, Philadelphia, and Long Island. WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. These far left officials, what what else more can you say? What else more do you have to see until you realize this is not working? A Univision, Univision Chicago TV crew. The moment I say Chicago, you already know it's not positive was reporting on a string of armed robberies across the city of Chicago early Monday morning when three men wearing ski masks robbed the crew at gunpoint. So the reporters are there to tell the story, reporting on a string of armed robberies, and they get robbed. The Chicago Tribune reported the victims, a uh, reporter and a photographer, were filming a segment for the Spanish-language TV station near the 1200 block of North Milwaukee Avenue in the city's west town. They were approached with guns and robbed. And uh, the suspects uh, demanded cash from the uh, 28-year-old and 42-year-old male victims, then went through their SUV, stealing a camera, a personal backpack, and two bags containing equipment, and another day in the uh, in the big city of Chicago with a far left mayor. And folks, it's simply not working. We've got to return to. I don't even know if the right word is a normal situation, but get away from all this far left garbage, garbage. Let's go to Jeff in Orange County. Good morning, Jeff. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I have been a a property finance for 27 years now, and the gentleman that called earlier in the show was exactly right. The banks determine the value of the property. They do it multiple ways, okay? When you're talking about commercial property like Trump has, it has nothing to do with his whatever he says he's worth. He say, it doesn't benefit him whatsoever. He, you have bean counters that are looking at his tax returns, the business tax returns, the profit and losses. They're all audited. Okay, but wait, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Yeah. If you yep. if if you're worth more, then you can borrow more. You're telling me that's not no, true? No, dominant in a commercial situation. If the building doesn't support itself, the bank will not lend. Okay, it's different than a residential. You are familiar with residential. You've gotten a mortgage before. You go, you provide your income, and they count the numbers, and they look at them, and they do the ratios and make sure that you're able to pay. If a commercial building doesn't stand on its own, you're not getting the loan. Okay, that's the bottom line. It has nothing to do with his personal net worth. It has nothing to do with it. And when they do the appraisals, they do more than one appraisal, and they determine mostly the value of the property by the income that it brings in. Most banks have a certain system that they use. They use 10 times rent roll, eight times rent roll, whatever it may be. But every bank is a little different. That's what, why banks are, you know, that's why investors go to different banks for different products because they have more favorable terms or they have terms that are a little bit more aggressive. 
But in this case, he has nothing to do with the value of the properties. The bank will, he could come in and say whatever he wants. The bank's going to, they're going to, just like the gentleman said earlier, it's worth less. They're going to lend on the lesser value. It, it has nothing to do with Trump. Okay, so then, so then listening to the Attorney General of New York State, Letitia James, why overstate your, your, your value according to her allegation in just one year alone of $2.2 billion? Why do that? But, uh, all they want to do is drag him into court and, and make him look bad uh, because all he has to do is very easy to do. He's going to go back, and, and let's not forget, these loans, he didn't default on these loans. He paid back. The bank got their interest. There was no crime here. Nobody got hurt. The bank lent him, lent him the money. He paid the money back. So I, I, I'm failing to understand who was hurt in this situation. You know, there was no crime. So, again, just because he says his worth is, is, is a number, who, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the amount of taxes he pays it doesn't it doesn't matter the if he if you go out and say your house is worth x that's great everybody thinks their house is worth that but the problem is where the rubber hits the road the bank does the due diligence do you think they give people millions of dollars and not vet that person or vet that building and make sure that they're going to get paid and I disagree with the caller earlier that said, oh, they had to bail him out. They were afraid he wasn't going to pay. If they were afraid he wasn't going to pay, they would have just cut him off. That's what banks do <laughs> because they can get in trouble for doing right. But, else. but they, somebody, somebody at the financial uh, uh, level of Mr. Trump, they're not going to just cut him off, correct? You know why? It, 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 they will. They will. But the fact is his organization – always has more than one lender. So if one lender is giving him signs that they're not going to go forward, he just goes to another lender. That's what they do. I mean, it, that's their option. If they're not getting favorable terms or they want to cut him back or, or scale him back, he can go to another lender. That's, that's what people that have money do not use their own money. We all know this. <laughs> but this, this is his business. This is what he does. OK, he he was not joking around when he said he knows that the system's rigged because he uses the system. He plays within the parameters and he's right. I mean, but the fact is, the attorney general just doesn't like him. They want to drag him through the mud. You know this. And, and the, the problem is there was no crime committed. There was no nobody was hurt. Nobody was everything was made whole. He paid the mortgages back. So I'm I'm failing to understand why we have to go through this dog and pony show with this. I I hear you, Uh, Jeff. You say dog and pony show. We'll see how this all plays out in court. I hear you. And thank you for explaining it a bit further. Let's go to Brooklyn. Let's say good morning to Norman. Good morning, Norman. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. I got a question for you. Okay. The The first Michael who called you, was that Dick Morris? No. No, because it sounded just like Dick Morris. Mm, I, I'm sure Dick Morris has a lot more interesting things to do. <laughs> I don't know. He can but, be crafty. OK. All right. So what's on your mind this morning, Norman? What's on my mind? I'd like to uh, basically we're talking about bringing the migrants now up to the up to the northern border. Well, let's just push them up, push them north to Canada, Dom. Yeah, but no, you can't do that. That's a different country. But 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 it's a good idea to push them upstate. They should have been on on the federal properties all along. And it makes you wonder why did the city of New York get so aggressively involved? I mean, may, maybe maybe to give Mayor Adams the benefit of the doubt, maybe the feds were not offering these 11 facilities to begin with. But th- this is how it should have been dealt with from day 1. Plus plus Norman, you have to have uh, something in there that that will deter the the migrants from coming because if not look at the situation we're dealing with now but so you say the answer should be what uh well the answer that i i should say is have them wait in i mean in, in reality have them wait in mexico and uh then you know vet them like crazy and uh you know uh, well, you know, Steve, who calls up a lot, he he has a good idea. I mean, I, I think the 65 Immigration Act has got to go. 
So, I mean, you know, I, basically uh, these people uh, are they're coming. They want to come here for economic need. And that's that's not uh, that's not grounds for coming to the United States. And so I, I think that uh, have them wait in Mexico and uh, vet the hell out of them. And, uh, you know, I think that they I think that they should have a sponsor and they should have somebody willing willing to to bear their financial costs the same way my immigrant parents who came to this country uh you know under 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 the, the pre uh, 1965 immigration act which I think was the 24 immigration act so i think i think basically uh uh these people don't belong here i'm sorry i just they don't belong here um send them back I, I, agree, I, I agree with you, Norman. I, I, I have to move on because I want to take one more call before Frank Morano joins me. I agree with you, period. End of story. Full stop. Robert, Philadelphia. It's got to be quick, Robert. Uh, Frank Morano standing by. Go right ahead. I will, I will be extremely quick, Dominic. Um, the cost of living for a family of four is $8,500 a month more for basics than it was two years ago. And he's let in 7 million immigrants, which is unsustainable. And we could talk about that for a long time. But then I hear Hochul say the federal government needs to step in so these people can work. You see the businesses leaving New York. You have 100,000 immigrants. Where are they going to work without driving lots of Americans out of their jobs? They did a prior call. They don't think it through. They see their agenda. They're kids. They want what they want, what they want, and they don't care what happens, and we're living with the results. And to answer your question, going back to Trump would fix almost all this immediately. He takes Anwar and puts it back on the market Cash prices dropped 20% in one day. Okay? I, I hear you, Robert. I, I got to step right, in. So thank you. Though. Thank you. Thank you. You made some good points there. Frank Morano, the other side of Midnight with me now. Good morning to you, Hello, sir. Hello, Dominic. What's going on? Uh, nothing much. What do you have coming up All this right. morning? Um, a lot of concern about COVID. People are worried about uh, masks may come back. People are worried about these new COVID variants. So I'm actually going to be talking with the former Assistant Secretary of Health in the Trump administration, Dr. Brett Giroir, who was the testing czar during COVID. We'll ask him if he's worried about uh, the new COVID variants. We're also going to talk with former CIA analyst Larry Johnson about the uh, situation in Ukraine. And uh, we'll talk with Brian Kilmeade about that big interview he did over the weekend with that uh, prosecutor that Joe Biden demanded get fired. He gave us a preview of it last Thursday. Turned out to be a pretty big story, so we'll see what he has for us this week. On a personal level, are you worried about the uptick in COVID cases? Well, I'm going to listen with an open mind to Dr. Giroir, but no, I'm not. I mean, uh, I think, uh, you know, I'm on top of my vaccinations and everything, and I think even if you're not, it's something that is most people can get and get over relatively easily well folks you want to keep it right there frank morano and the other side of midnight is coming up i will be back with you 24 hours from now have a great day and keep it right here folks talk radio 77 wabc